We're the Pragmatic Doulas. This is a podcast where we talk all about birth and other interesting things. Birth may be a goddess, but she doesn't want to be worshipped. She wants to be respected. She doesn't want incense. She wants common sense. Record. Record. Recording is in progress. We are here. We are here. We're doing we're doing our thing. Less one. Three minus one minus is two. One. Yeah. Miss Stephanie is um n- nursing some. What is she nursing? I don't even I know. Say, I was gonna say wounds, but they're not like wounds. She just doesn't feel well. Yeah. She's got a pain somewhere. She gets face pains. Yeah. I don't face really know her, what it is. Her beautiful face. It's so it's so beautiful. It hurts. It hurts. <laughs> Do you know how you gotta like sometimes you have to it just you have to go through a little pain in order to maintain your beauty? Well, yeah, that's what's happening with her. She just Seems like it. When they were handing out beautiful face, faces, she chose the beautifulest one. Now she's <laughs> That was, and she didn't read the fine print. Fine print, no, no. See, yeah. what happens? Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. How are uh, you doing? Otherwise, what are your aches and pains like today, or do you have any? Hopefully, me not. personally, or yeah. just the audience. Uh mm. I, I feel like I have a cold coming on, which is fucking ridiculous, considering I bathe in hand sanitizer on a daily basis. Um. And what else? What else? What else? Meh. I mean, I'm ridiculously overwhelmed with life um, and and whatnot. But other than that, it is what it is. What about you? How are you? What are you? What's in what's happening with you in your corner of the world? Um, I don't have any aches and pains at the moment, but uh, today seems to be an anxious day, which is weird. I have these days that are just, I have just like this little small, tiny feeling of doom mm. right here. Oh, that's not, <laughs> not good. a pain. It's not an ache. It's just like that ball, that rolling ball of anxiety. Oh, hey, you know what it reminds me of? You know, when you, you tell your phone to... When you say, I don't want to say it, you say, hey, Siri, I don't want it to actually come on. When you say to your iPhone, hey, Siri, and then that rope, that ball comes out, you know, that round swirling thing. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. That's what I imagine my anxiety in my stomach or in my chest, because that's where it lives, that it's like that, this rolling <laughs> ball, colorful ball of anxiety. And it's pretty. Um, it's very, it's pretty. Yes, it is. Um, pretty like, you know, magnetic resonance imaging is pretty, like that kind of weird pretty. And um, I had a great last couple of days, but now I'm home and it's back. Mm. So I need to be constantly entertained or else any downtime I'm finding these days and I spent the whole quarantine pretty good, enjoying the lockdown, as a matter of fact, enjoying the fact that nobody was doing anything. It felt so pressure, like no pressure. 
now the pressure is back. Everything's opening back up. I feel like I should be doing more stuff, but I don't want to. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. I get it. In my house today. Nice. Tidy. I mean, that's it. Mindless work. That's what I want to do. Cool. Yeah. Cool. So I did not clean. I have laundry <laughs> over there, dog hair over there, yeah. uh, stuff on the table over there. Yeah. Yeah. This is my life. I don't care. It is what it hey. is, and I don't care. Yeah. Have you seen that woman on TikTok? And she's like, I do. I'm not on TikTok. Oh, you're not on TikTok. Well, you're missing this. I refuse. She says, she says, it's a song she made up. She goes, thought I would clean the house. And then I asked myself why. I asked myself why. And then she does like, thought I'd shave my pits. And then I asked myself why. I asked myself why. I asked myself why. (laughs) She just, and she says, she sings it to everything. With like the dirty dishes, but I wash the dishes and ask myself why. <laughs> Just gonna get dirty again. I ask myself why. Great. <laughs> so that's my, right. Your life. My okay. dad used to sing everything. He used to sing constantly. Oh, really? whatever he was thinking. Yeah, whatever he was oh. thinking, whatever you know he wanted to say, he would sing it. And I've huh. I've caught myself doing it. You know. I'm going to get my jammies on. It's time to get my PJs on. I'm going totally to go to the bathroom. I have to try really hard to imagine Frank, your dad, doing that. While he's wearing his tidy whiteies and his and his white undershirt with God, stains I I on it. Yeah, just can't imagine that. But. His skinny ass legs and his big black mustache. <laughs> oh, I yep. miss that man. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So well, shall you do a land acknowledgement for us, please? Yes. All right. Let me let me say that. I'm not gonna sing it, that'd be disrespectful. Don't, All right. Yeah. Okay. Seems wrong. All right. Uh, I would like to recognize and acknowledge the land upon which I live and raise my children, work and support birthing parents is the traditional territory of many nations, including the Mississaugas of the Credit, the Ashinabek, the Chippewa and the Haudenosaunee and the Wendat peoples, and is now home to many diverse First Nations, Inuit and Métis peoples. While a land acknowledgement is not enough, it is an important social justice and decolonial practice that promotes indigenous responsibility and is a reminder that we are on settled indigenous lands. Let this land acknowledgement be an opening for all of us to contemplate a way to join in indigenous movements for sovereignty and self-determination. There we go. Excellent. I had some weird food last night. Oh, yeah. What did you, you were out with the midwives, partying with the midwives last night. Yeah, I went to a dinner party and everybody there was a midwife except moi. Um, A dinner party? How fucking adult of you. Right? I mean, it was so adult. It was a sit down dinner. There were place settings and uh, it was on somebody's beautiful patio with twinkle lights and all of that it's very very oh, nice it was, there was like different kinds of wine and um different kinds of water <laughs> for me 
Oh my God. Uh, yeah, but there was this pasta dish there that looked so pretty, but I could not eat it. Um, th there was no cumin or cilantro in anything. I think that they were forewarned of my, uh, of me. Um, this pasta dish, there was pasta that were, was like little round balls, which I've never seen in my life before. Mm -hmm. Have you seen that? Uh, I, I kind of think I, I have, but I think I've seen it in like a pasta salad or something like that. Yeah. This was a pasta salad. Okay. Yeah. Was with, with like tomatoes and basil and yeah, like that. And it looked really pretty. The tomato, the basils and the looked Italian, red, white, and green, yes. but I could not, I could barely swallow that first bite of those little ball pasta balls. Really? How come? Because oh, they're, they're found in, they're found in Italian wedding soup. That's where I've seen it before, but I thought that was pearl barley or something. No, no. It uh, is called, well, that's orzo. No, I did not like it at all. Oh, really? That's me being weird because it's just pasta. All pasta is the same because they're all made from the same thing, just cut in different shapes. Yeah. I cannot pasta. eat. I, could, I can't eat linguine. I hate linguine because it's really? flat and long. And um, I don't like, I don't like penne, but I'll eat penne. I only like, like angel hair pasta and regular spaghetti. Um, I will I'll tolerate bow tie pasta, ravioli, but I don't, but this was the worst of all. Ew. How wow. to have a full of little balls was so disconcerting. Oh no. Yeah. Yeah. It you know looks the like they're called Accini de Pepe. Accini de Pepe. It's lovely. Sounds beautiful. But um, an extremely small round pasta. It's sound. It's tasted good, but it was like uh, the way I feel about oatmeal. And oh, I was like, you don't like that. Another thing that I don't like to eat, even though it's pretty and it tastes good, but I can't eat it. And huh. so I left it on my plate. And then they made steak, which was fantastic. Um, just a little bit too rare for me. I don't eat meat that's still bleeding oh god <laughs> i did eat it though i did eat it. it i did eat it it was fine but i just i don't like that so anyways everything else was delicious there was homemade bread and a fancy salad and um, roast potatoes which i love fancy salt truffle salt oh fancy very fancy it was delicious yeah so yeah, I just, uh, that was a new thing. And I'm four years old. Don't give me new things to eat. <laughs> not, will not have it. Oh, yeah. That's, that's hilarious. Yeah. Well, I got a, I, I showed you, I got that um, gift basket from a, from not even a client, somebody from my class. Uh -huh. um, but I've been talking with them back and forth and I um, uh, got them set up with a, a postpartum doula for overnights. And um, they were having a cesarean birth. So that virtual support didn't necessarily make sense. Um, mm -hmm. 
but she emailed me and said, you know, she wanted to send me a, a small gift. I was like, all right. Normally I'm like, no, it's not necessary. I'm like, no, fuck this. It's necessary. It's um, and I'm thinking like, you know, Tim Horton's gift card, you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah. Cause I've gotten those in the past. Yes. Um, but no, it was a beautiful, lovely gift basket from, uh, what the hell was it from? The Cheese Boutique. Um, oh. And uh, it had, it had Irish cheese in it from County Cork, which is where my brethren are from. Um, oh. It also had like prosciutto and brie like a big thick wheel of brie wow um chocolate crackers uh truffle honey oh. um some Seems spice like can do anything you can do anything i, I think truffle. so i think so um it had some spicy it looked probably like a, a spicy red pepper jelly but that isn't what it was called um that wasn't the fancy name for it. Um, and then another cheese and chocolate and a little charcuterie board. <laughs> oh, wow. I know. Oh, and salami, but like not salami wrapped in plastic by Schneider's, like paper wrapped salami. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. yeah. See? So, and same person um, recommended me to a client to a potential client and they told me last night they want to sign with me so i'm like um holy cow i love These you people Thank gave you. you like so many presents including a client yeah and i really only taught classes to them like i really didn't do anything <laughs> that is perfect yeah no it was amazing so i mean that the last the last few days have been like ridiculously shitty um yeah on on all levels and it's late yesterday or sorry so yesterday was busy but it was good and then last night and then today i'm like i'm on fire so i wanted to give a shout out so i think i've i think i mentioned the other week when we talked we're talking about business stuff um that i'm in this premier coaching uh membership sort of thing yeah. with yeah. nicole joy yeah and every month they have a Q&A on Thursday mornings. So once a month, which is why those are the days I can't do uh, podcasting. So last yesterday, um, they were talking about, like I was, I had asked a question about uh, something prior to it coming in and they wanted to talk about it. And I'm like, you know, I don't even know. I'm not even sure what I was asking when I asked that question. And I said, you know, at this moment, you know, things are kind of getting a bit overwhelming and like tears came to my eyes. And I'm like on this Zoom call with like six other people, I don't even know, like have never mm -hmm. met me. Um, and I'm like, no, it's okay. It's okay, let's just move on. It's okay, I'm fine, I'm fine. Yeah. Um, and, uh, but we talked about a bunch of different things and then had like a meditation at the end so she's like she's like really sort of good practical with like a hint of woo woo um like not a whole bunch of woo woo but like a, a, just enough like just enough that it works for me mm -hmm. um so she did this meditation um at the end as well like you know to bring in the bring in your stuff yes yeah and uh 
and yeah, and and as soon as it was over, I sort of got down to sort of looking into you know doing what we had talked about, and then um, that night with the meditation of you know drawing in you know collecting to myself you know clients and whatnot, got the email that this couple wanted to hire me and stuff. I'm like, oh my god, <sighs> good. So good. I. I know that the concept of manifestation is problematic in some ways, but oh my God, in other ways, it freaking tell me it doesn't work. You've been it's, putting out all of this amazing energy and it is coming back to you. Right? Because this isn't the only client you've gotten since you've really started concentrating on this. No, no. It's the second or third. Yeah. You are yeah. water flowers. Not yeah, I, I need them to be closer together. <laughs> you, you so go, I don't panic. Pick up. Yeah. 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 But, but yeah. So, I mean, the one good thing I like about her, like, and yeah, I don't, some of the manifest stuff is like, as you say, it's problematic. But she, the way she talks about it is, you know, you're not going specifically like you person standing right there. I'm going to manifest to you in particular. Yeah. She says, that's not fair. <laughs> that's not yeah. fair to that particular person. So it's sort of like a general manifestation to throw that energy out into the universe and see what, see what gets collected. So yeah. I, I appreciate that as, you know, as someone who's like marginally witchy, you know, I appreciate the not, you know, being very specific in, in things. And then the, the thing that we also need to remember is that or that uh, you've been doing, you've been doing a lot of work. You've been really hitting this work hard yeah. for weeks. Oh, so yeah. that's, the, that's the energy. People think that, oh, you're just gonna sit around and meditate and dream No, about no, you, st you still have to do shit. <laughs> you gotta do shit. To really... Sorry, that was my water filling up my kettle. Um, yeah, you have to actually, do things to make stuff happen. Oh yeah, no, it's, it's true. And, and that's just it. Like it's the more you sort of, the more you put out there, the more it's going to come back to you. And, and, you know, I've always been with all the, the stuff in my life, it's always been important for me to put out the positive energy, even though I'm really drawn to putting out that negative crap um, sometimes, but it's Easy. important. It's, it's, it is easier, but you don't get back what, what you need, right? You, it, you, or it you bites you in back, the ass. But you get it right. You get back yeah. the same, the same negative. negative. Shit. Yeah. yeah. You put yeah. negative shit out. You're going to get it back. Negative shit it back. all exactly. comes back. What goes around comes around and all that, which is yeah. like one of the great truisms, I believe. What goes around comes around. And so if you put negative energy out, it's going to come come right back to you. You do put the opposite out and that will come back to you too. Yeah. So, so, so and it's funny, like the thing is with this premier coaching, like I, I haven't even really like dug super deep super into deep. it. This has all just been from the monthly meetings. Like this has just all been from the monthly Q and A's, like, yeah. which is incredible. So I'm working on a project right now um, of email marketing and, and whatnot. So I'm kind of at a stuck point with my website. 
um, in doing something specific that I want to do, but I'll, I'll figure it out. Um, but I'm very excited to sort of throw it out there and see if it works. Yes. Yep. Yep. <laughs> and I've been all over Canva. Oh my God. Everything looks so beautiful and pretty. No more, no more white page word documents. <laughs> I haven't used Canva for so long, but it is, it's great. Oh God. It's so everything looks so nice and bright and professional and shit. So, so yeah. So I wanted to, to give a shout out to Nicole joy at uh, premier coaching. Cause honestly, like her, her energy uh, jives with me. And it was just, it was really, really helpful for me to sort of, it came at the right day. Um, because earlier that day, I was like, my brain was exploding with everything that was being asked of me. And yeah, I needed, I needed something to ground me out. <laughs> yeah. And it helped. Perfect. Yeah. So Excuse me while I'm brewing some Yorkshire gold. Oh, excuse me. Yes. Excellent. Um, some Taylors of Hargate Yorkshire gold. Nice. Yes, I've had that. When I couldn't get Tetley, I was able to get that. It's my favorite. Um, so, excellent. Um what are we talking about today? Or are you done with your shout out? I'm done, done. Yes, I'm done. Yeah. So I guess our we got a um, a podcast idea from Carissa, our one of our super fans, and from Carissa from Baby Moon Doula Solutions. Yeah. So she writes. She sent us an email. So look, you can send us emails, and we will read them. It actually works, people. It actually does work. So here we go. So she writes, hi there. So listening to you lovelies this morning, and you made me think of a topic that I would love to know more about. So here's the scenario, and maybe it could spur on a conversation. <clears throat> I have a new client with twins that are in the NICU. Well, in our conversations about the babies coming home, I'm going to be their postpartum doula, mostly nights. And a big concern for them was that the babies stay on a schedule once they return home. Of course, you can imagine my brain is setting off alarms and immediately wanted to tell them that that's not possible. I've seen this many times with babies that have returned from long stays in the NICU and the nurses are able to keep babies on some kind of schedule while there. I'm not an advocate for sleep training and truly believe that babies make the schedule. Anyway, this is something I thought that could be interesting to talk about. Love you guys. Oh, and this was, she sent this before last week's episode. Uh, P.S. Barely read any of the book club. <laughs> Maybe my TikTok addiction is taking over. All right. <laughs> Damn you, TikTok. <laughs> my TikTok addiction has already taken over. I seriously given some thought to putting one of those um, apps on my phone that, that limits the amount of time I spend on social media. I have yeah. abandoned all else. It is too easy. How do they keep making things easier and more addictive? How is that possible? I thought Instagram was it. This is the pinnacle of... Yeah. TikTok's the new crack. <laughs> is it? Yeah, it's just videos. There are no captions and things like that to read. See, that's that's my problem. Like half the time I'm watching this stuff in bed. I don't want anybody to wake up. I don't want to, you know, so it's yeah. like, 
I having videos is doesn't work for me. Like I'm, I will read the, I will read the captions left, right and center, but Yes. So Instagram, you don't necessarily need, like you, you'll hit upon the odd video, but it's easy to turn the sound off of that. With TikTok, you really do need sound to get the full effect. But oh my God, the, the things that are funny are hilarious. The <laughs> things that are moving are deeply moving. The things that are sad are super sad. The things that are joyful are really, really joyful. It's, it's like the all em, the human emotions squashed into this one app and everything is like the most of everything wow so there's an ad for tiktok they need to sponsor (laughs) there you go even though i even though i'm like forget it i'm not going to stand there in a video and go (laughs) yeah and do the stupid dances those are dumb yeah but do the pointing yeah no, I can't. I, I watch those and I go, oh, fuck, you're a grown-ass woman. Why are you doing that? Oh, there are grown-ass women on there doing all kinds of nonsense, foolishness, and trifling behavior. But I mean, they're at- Who are your clients? 18-year-olds? 16-year-olds? Probably not. Yeah. Well, anyway. Doula TikTok is actually really small and sparse, but there's lots Did you of- see Sam? Yeah. Oh, I see are, Sam. Are other Super Sam? Yeah, Sam comes up all the time from But she had like her last one got like a hundred and twenty seven thousand. Great, yes. I'm like, oh my god. So you just got just you just need that one video to blow up and then you blow up. I I don't know. I only got on there because of along came Abby. That's where I went to watch Abby videos. But along came Abby's entire account just got deleted because it says that they violated multiple community guidelines. I have no idea what guidelines they could possibly have violated because this is the, the sweetest, loveliest little girl in her sweet, lovely family. But there, there you go. Um, wow. I, have them on, I watch her on Instagram now. Otherwise, I would be like sending emails to TikTok saying, are you stupid? Put Abby back on. <laughs> That's the only reason I started an, an account and now I'm like sucked right in there. You put Jamaican TikTok on there? Lord help you you're not coming off your phone you're not coming off your phone by the way happy independence day to jamaica today yes six is uh, jamaican independence this is the day that they uh gained independence from their british colonizers uh britain cut the chain the the the, the ties of the colonizing and uh left jamaica to be adrift on their own so there you go and, and look so- at them now Jamaica is, um, let's see, so 57, I could be wrong. I think it's 1961 or 63. I'm not sure. So somebody send us an email and correct me, please. I don't yeah. remember. But Independence Day in Jamaica is a really big deal. I remember as yeah. a little girl, you get new clothes and everybody's out on the street and there's parties and food and it's great. Excellent. Yeah. That's it's cool. July 1st like that except more festive yeah probably a hell of a lot better music too (laughs) nicer people (laughs) i don't know but it's fun (laughs) and Hmm. how about how about the we'll get to the topic in a second how about the canadian women's soccer team what you believe that oh i'm so happy christine sinclair the goat finally got her gold medal she can retire now and that is so awesome and then 
Andre DeGrasse, our own little guy from Pickering, won the gold in the 200 meters, 200 meter run. Um, I didn't bronze we, in the. We also he, got gold, the decathlete. Yes. Damien, can we please stop for a moment to talk about that guy? Mm, we can. I mean, or should I tell you about my tell my stalker story about how I used to stalk former decathlete Michael Smith in 1992 when he was in Barcelona? You I did not mention guy. the stalking part. No. <laughs> I think after examining my behavior, I think it was a little stalkery. Oh no. I saw, so there's a Canadian decathlete who looks very, very much like Damien Warner. They're, they're both sort of really big, tall, gorgeously built biracial men. Mm -hmm. um, and when I first saw Michael Smith, I immediately was smitten with him. Like I saw him on some CBC special that they were doing before the Barcelona Olympics in 92. So I looked him up and I, I literally looked up the number for his coach. I don't remember what I did. This was pre-internet. Okay. People, I don't know how I got this number for his coach. His oh coach. My God. I was just some person who liked him. And on, I just asked him, where does he work out? Where does he train? You spoke I, to the coach? Yes. Yeah. I got the number. I called his coach and maybe I called three times. So, okay, here comes a little stalkery. I maybe called three times till I got the coach and he told me where he works out. Oh my God. And so I went there. <laughs> oh my God. Honey, that is stalking. That is stalking. I watched him. I just wanted to watch him. And it was a public place. It wasn't like, I didn't have to like climb over fences and, you know, through the fence or anything like that. He was, he just worked out at like the UFT athletic center at, um, what the fuck, Spadina and Harvard or something. And I just went in there and went way up in the bleachers and just watched him. I mean, there were no, no cell phones back then. So I couldn't take video or pictures of him. So I just sat there watching him. That's it. That's all I did. I never talked to him or anything. I just watched him. And, oh my uh, God. Yep. Uh, I maybe did it three times. You did it more than once? Oh my God. Um, the Toronto Women's Bookstore was right down the road, so I had an excuse. And Parent Books was right down the road, so I had a, I was going to go buy books. And so, even though it was spring and school, I was in going to George Brown at that time, and, and school was pretty much over. <laughs> but still. Oh my God went yeah and and then um during the olympics when he was competing i like i felt in my heart like oh my god and he had a girlfriend because the the show that they did on cbc about you know they were featuring all the different olympians who were going to barcelona they talked about his long-term girlfriend that he had i still even remember her name um and uh and I was like, oh my, I was heartbroken that he had a girlfriend as if oh, no. I even had a chance with him. <laughs> but there, that, that, that's my stalker story. And oh watching gosh. Damian Warren in the same, same um, event, the decathlon, which means like he's considered like the greatest athlete in the world. He win gold in the decathlon, then you are yes. the best in everything. Yes. 
uh, it just brought back all those memories. Oh my God. Remember when you used to stalk Michael Smith, who is now um, a broadcaster on CBC and he's got a big beard with gray in it and all that. And I hadn't seen his face for all these decades. And wow. I mean, it's been 30 years. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah. Yes, I did. I did that. I don't know what in the world came over me. I fancied myself a little bit of a private detective. Um, and it just felt like, yeah, I should call here and here. I just looked up or, or thought to myself, where could I possibly call? And I cannot remember how I got that coach's number, but I did. That's crazy. So if you're looking for long lost relatives or something, call me. We'll work it out. Now with the internet, it's even easier. Yeah, that's true. That's true. God, that's yeah. hilarious. All right. All right. So let's talk about babies in the NICU. Babies so, in the NICU. So, yeah. so the first part of this is, you know, babies being on a schedule. Now, I mean, I think one of the things for parents to remember, even though parents don't necessarily listen to this, but <clears throat> when babies are in the NICU, they are on a schedule because mm. they're in a nice, warm, cozy incubator. Like they're not being picked up and cuddled and snuggled and, you know, except for feeding and things like that. So, you know, once you get them home and it's 30 degrees colder, <laughs> that's not going to be quite the same situation. I, I kind of am thinking that also on top of that, that a big reason why babies are on a schedule in the NICU is because there's you know, like 15 babies to take care of. Yeah. And the only way to manage everybody's feeding, different care things, treatment things, medication, et cetera, is to have strict schedules. Hospitals are institutions and they run by strict schedules. When you mm -hmm. bring your baby home, it's not an institution. You've just got the one baby to take care of. So the need for that kind of regimentation is not the same. Unless first your baby has special needs of some kind that require you, for instance, to give medication on a schedule or um, whatever, do certain treatment things on a schedule, that's different. But if your baby is released from the NICU healthy, uh, the strict regimentation I'm thinking is not necessary. Now, when my, when my babies were in the NICU, when they came out, they were kind of still on that kind of schedule. Like they were still on, you know, eat every three hours, sleep for a certain amount of time, blah, blah, blah. Like it was kind of already ingrained in them. So I didn't necessarily change it. No, I didn't change anything. No. Yeah. I just went with what they were going with, with what they wanted. And that happened to already be that kind of schedule. And that makes sense. If that, if the baby is just easing into that, um, then that makes sense. What I worry about is when parents think that they have to keep that schedule up and then struggle to keep that schedule up, that you don't need to do that is what I'm saying, that you can relax a little bit. If baby is just easily going along with that schedule, great. They're already doing it, so great. 
because that means you are actually following the baby's lead at that at that point so mm-hmm. that is baby-led scheduling it is only when par- parents think that oh my gosh i have to do this at this time and also do you know what in the NICU NICUs are amazing places and they do fantastic things. They save babies' lives and they um, keep babies safe and healthy and so on. But unless parents are there or volunteers are there cuddling and snuggling those babies, they don't get, nurses don't have time to snuggle and cuddle babies. Mm -mm. So the schedules are easier to maintain because they are not picking the babies up and carrying them around while they're doing other things. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So there's mm-hmm. a lot of babies crying in the isolates and the incubators and they just cry because, mm-hmm. because there's nobody there to pick them up, to comfort them in that way. When your baby is home, when a baby comes home from the NICU, it'll be different because now you're going to pick up your crying baby. So that's why it's harder to maintain those schedules. And um, like you said, some babies, they just like eat, sleep, eat, sleep, according to the schedule of the NICU. It depends on how long the babies were in there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you had three, all three of your babies were in the NICU? Yeah. Yeah. I got to take Allie home at one point. I got to take Allie home immediately after the birth, but then we ended up back in there anyways. So... So what was it like for you bringing them home? Each well, of them, what was it like? So, I mean, again, like we, we brought them home and, and look, I'm not gonna, it's obviously not a great situation to have your baby in the NICU, but honestly, I, the NICU where we were um, at Scarborough Grace, which doesn't exist anymore, um, where we were, the nurses were so great. They were so kind. Um, They were very helpful to me. And I learned a ton of stuff just in that one week that I was home. So, or sorry, the week that I was there with them, because I didn't go home. I I got a sleep room and, and slept over and stayed at the hospital for a week and a half week for the amount of time. Um, So, so yeah, I mean, I, when we got home, because I had already been there, you know, feeding them, changing their diaper, blah, 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 because I was sort of really involved in their care, the care. Yeah. It was already, it was already, I was already in that schedule too, really. Um, Mm -hmm. So, you know, they would just pick up the phone and call and say, you know, your son is crying. And I'm like, okay. And I would trottle down on out of my bed and off to the, off to the NICU and changed him and fed him and rocked him back to sleep and put him back in the isolate. And that was the end of that. Yeah. So, you know, I I, I, trained, it it trained them and it trained me. (laughs) Uh, And we just kind of fell in. We were already in that. Both of us were already in that sort of situation. We were already all three. We were all scheduled. We were already scheduled. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. So. And if the babies were not scheduled, would it have freaked you out? If the babies just went off of that schedule once you got home, would you have felt 
as a young parent, as a new parent, especially with Will, the first one, um, would you have been frantic about trying to get some training done or would you have just said, ah, like what was your mind? Like I was, I mean, I was 29 years old and I was, you know, let's kind of go with the flow. Like I didn't, I, I mean, let's be honest. We didn't have the internet. (laughs) We didn't have a lot of books. Um, you know, we didn't have a whole lot going on. So for me, it was like, oh, well, he's crying more. Oh, well, I'm going to pick him up and I'm going to feed him. Like, oh, he's not sleeping as much anymore. Okay, well, let's try and make you happy. Okay, how can we make you happy? You know, like it wasn't like I sat there and suddenly went, oh my God, he's crying more often. And I, you know, jump on the Google and go, oh my God, what's going on? It's like, well, it's just, that's just what's happening now. Like that's just it. Like it's not, nothing's wrong, nothing's broken. I just muddled through, but it's funny. Like I don't, I don't see that necessarily now. And, and I can't say that it was easy. I mean, I was certainly fucking tired, Um, but I don't, it's funny. Like I don't remember with the parents that we see now, I don't remember this, you know, huge thing of, you know, we got to put babies on a schedule. We got to do this. We got to do that. We got to do blah, blah, blah. I just did what I did. Nobody told me what to do. I just did what I did. I picked him up when he needed to be picked up and I fed him when he needed to be fed and I changed his bum when he needed to have it changed. And we developed, him and I developed and evolved the way things are supposed to be, I guess. Yeah. It's, it's like nowadays you see like, oh, well, you know, baby's got to be on a sleep schedule and wake windows and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, if I hear one more thing about a wake window, I think I'm going to put a bullet in my head. What the hell is that? What are babies? Period of time that the baby's awake. Yes. Uh, Everything has to have a name. It's a wake window. It's a wake window. So I, I got, I got a message um, from someone in my class and they're like, you know, uh, what are, what's for, you know, babies, you know, this old, um, what would the wake, like, how would the wake windows be and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, uh, um, well, uh, what do you mean? That reminds me of wake window that now you have thing. It reminds me of tummy time. Yes. Yes. Baby on their tummy. It has a name now. It's a mm-hmm. thing now. It isn't just the baby on their tummy a little bit. And as they get older, leave them on their tummies a little bit longer. And yeah. that's, now it's a prescription. Now it's a thing. Now there's a routine. And that, that has instilled anxiety. Because a huge question I get all the time from parents is, how much time should I be letting the baby spend on their tummy at this age versus this age or whatever? And I go through this whole thing. People may disagree with me because there are people who really believe that tummy time is this big, huge, important thing. It literally is just let your baby spend some time on their tummy. Obviously, when a baby is three months old, they're going to be spending more time on their tummy than when they're two days old. But yeah, it's and they made that a thing. They deliver. It's a thing because the whole back to sleep, people took that so seriously that the all the baby community were actually trying to reverse 
all the flathead that was coming around and telling people, make sure you put your babies on their tummies sometime. And it became a thing when really, mm. if you just a life, tummy time is built into a normal life. Yeah, so like, and, and also, if you just- Awake those are built into a normal life. Sometimes the baby's awake, sometimes they're not. Like, why is that a thing? I'm well, too and, old for and, this. And it's funny too, like you sit there and you're like, okay, well, what should they be doing in the wake windows? I don't know, just hanging out. Like, who cares? They're three days old, nothing. Well, I mean, at three days old, there are no wake windows. Like usually when people start talking about these, it's around that four to six week mark when, you know, babies aren't sort of eat, sleep, eat, sleep anymore. Yeah. And And it's like, okay, well. worried about what should they be doing? What can I do to stimulate them? I don't know. Nothing. Just take them to the kitchen. Take them to the kitchen and show them how to cook. Go for a walk. Talk about the birds. What are you doing? What do you want to do when your baby's four weeks old? What do you want to do? Do you want to go for a walk? Do you want to visit friends if there's no COVID? Do you want to uh, go swimming? Do you want to whatever? Go to the mall? Take the baby with you. That's it. The baby should just be watching and observing all the things that are around you and them. Seeing things, hearing things, feed them a lot, kiss them, touch them. That's it. That's the curriculum. And, and, and that's the other thing too. It's like wanting to have these, you know, wanting to have these, you know, scheduled sort of learning and brain stimulation time about, you know, that children are learning like 24 hours a day. Like they don't need to have specific things. When a cat walks by, they're learning. When a bird flies yeah. past the window, they're learning. When a light turns on, they're learning. Like it's yeah. it's just life. Like that's all it is. It doesn't have to be specific and and you know structured. In fact, structured play is not great, actually. Unstructured play of imagination and learning and yeah. doing yeah. sensory that's- stimulation. Let them feel things, touch things, hear things, taste things, look at things. That's what you you do. Um, so whenever they happen to be awake, <laughs> when they're in the wake window, <laughs> and don't forget to get some tummy time in there too. Time it three and a half minutes. And then, okay, I don't want to make fun of new parents, but I, I, I love new parents. I'm, but I want to remove I that anxiety. I understand the anxiety. Understand the the curiosity. I understand that. Yeah. I'm also a crotchety old woman <laughs> who is annoyed, increasingly annoyed in my old age, increasingly annoyed at some of the things that are just used to be just regular, ordinary things are now like a big deal. Anyways, when my grandson was born, he was born at 28 weeks. So, you know, quite, quite premature. Uh, He was pretty big for that uh, gestational age. He was three pounds, four ounces and, and spent about five weeks at women's college where he was born when women's college used to have babies there. So he was in the NICU at women's, which is 
um, which was at the time a level four NICU, like the one they have at SickKids, and now like the one they have at um, Sunnybrook. And I believe Sinai has a level four oh, yeah. NICU. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, the, the sickest and tiniest of babies go there. So he was three, four, but, uh, you know, 28 weeks. So still had some developing and obviously growing to do. So he was on that strict, strict schedule. And so we went along with that strict schedule. We knew when his feeding times were. And my daughter-in-law would pump on the schedule so that we could bring down the pumped milk so that he could get some fresh milk and with the frozen milk and, and so on and so forth. So we worked along with that schedule. And then when he got to um, 36 weeks gestation, he was transferred to our local hospital. So he was transferred to Rouge Valley Centenary. Okay. And uh, spent the rest of the time there. Now, there was an issue about, even though by this time he weighed seven pounds, more than seven mm -hmm. pounds, they didn't want to discharge him because he was taking a long time feeding. Uh. Um, breastfeeding was taking a long time. Uh, bottle feeding was taking a long time. And so they didn't want, but he was fine in every way, totally developed in a good weight. And yeah. my daughter-in-law and my son felt like, well, let's get him home so that we can concentrate on this. So anyways, he finally got discharged. And when we got home, we did not observe any schedules at all because we wanted to get this breastfeeding going. We wanted yeah. to get breastfeeding is hard to do when you're sitting in this sort of private slash public environment oh, yeah. where it's just you and a curtain and, you know, sitting in an uncomfortable chair. So my daughter-in-law got back into bed and got that baby and all they did was nurse and sleep and nurse and sleep and practice and practice and practice until breastfeeding was working. Um, and they felt like getting up and doing something else. But yeah, we didn't have, we threw the regime out the window because the regime was not helping the breastfeeding work properly. No. So, so th I think that it is an individual situation and not everybody is, I mean, she lived with me we lived together so that I was able to do all the other things help take care of the the older baby and cook and clean and whatever so she could just stay in bed and nurse the baby and I was there to help her with the breastfeeding with the latch and and so on so that to me is like the ideal situation that I she had the ideal setup because she had yeah. live-in built-in help she had a live-in built-in lactation consultant, basically. Doula slash doula slash mother-in-law exactly. slash grandma. Slash, yeah. Yeah. Most people don't have that. So no. I understand the need to. So when <clears throat> if it works, yeah, stick to the schedule. But if you feel like you want to do it differently, do that too. Well, yeah. So, I mean, the thing is, it's like, what does a doula say to a family that wants to put baby on a strict schedule? I mean, do you just go with that? I mean, or it, or is it, a, is it abundant at that point that, you know, maybe that's not the client you should be working with. <laughs> that's, that's what they want to do. Like, where's the, is there compromise? Sometimes it's there? hard. 
sometimes it's hard though, as a doula, you're a birth, you're the birth doula for all these months. And then you attend the birth and all is well and so on. And then they ask you if you can help them with postpartum and you do, and you're there maybe for two weeks. And then on week three, they decide, Oh no, we, we, we think it's time now to get on a strict schedule and, and with feeding and sleeping and so on. Um, yeah. What do you do as a doula? I, I will, if, if that's the relationship that I've built from that beginning, like I was their birth doula and whatever, I will tell them how I feel by that time. They will probably know already how I feel about those things. Um, but of course, make it abundantly clear that it's their kid. They want to hire a sleep trainer. They usually ask me if I have any recommendations and I will give them the people that I know who are not ferberizers or Mm -hmm. anything like that people who who better sleep trainers because there is such a thing there are some there are sleep trainers who are better than others and so I will give them the names of people that I like the most and then Mm -hmm. let them have at it it's their decision yeah like I always I always make sure I recommend somebody who is still supportive of breastfeeding, who is not actually even going to try and train them um, until, you know, baby's at least four or five months old. Um, Yes. You know, things like that. Mm -hmm. So I always give them those kind of recommendations so that, you know, they can talk to the expert um, (laughs) and, and, Mm -hmm. and get that, get that information because they're, you know, sometimes they're just not going to believe it from you. Yep. Because they will already know me to be uh, sort of a, whatever, just go to bed with the baby and sleep with the baby. Just, they know me. They will already know me to be that person yeah. by that time. And if they, they like me in every other way, but they just don't want to be the kind of parent that I was. They just don't want to do baby care the way that I did. They'll bring it up um, and, and I'll, we'll have a discussion about it. But of course, if they ask me how I feel, I'll tell them how I feel and I'll give them information. And that's, they want to know when's the best time to sleep train a baby. I'm going to give them all the information they want about that. Mm -hmm. There are certain things that I'm not going to do. And, but same with birth. I had unmedicated births at home. That doesn't mean that I expect that from my clients. It's the same with baby care. Um, it might hurt my heart to see that they're going to decide that they're going to, we're just going to do a little bit of cry it out. If they want information, I'm going to give them information because there's lots of information about what a bad idea crying it out is. Yep. There's lots of, so I'll give them that information and uh, I'm not doing, if somebody, if I was doing overnight doula work and they wanted to do cry it out and they wanted me to implement cry it out, then they need to find another doula. I can't do that. No, that's no. those are my boundaries. I'm not doing that with any little baby. I'm not. It's your decision as a parent. You're gonna have to find another doula who can uh, stomach that. And, and good luck. And I'm not giving you a referral. No, that. no. <laughs> also, I don't <laughs> even know any doulas who would who would support cry it out. No, no, me either. But God, I wish it would die a tragic death i mean it's still out there it's still going around i had somebody in my family the new parenting group that i have from the people in my class it's like yeah so you know 
you know, babies still, you know, baby will sleep for like five hours if I'm holding them, you know, and they're two and a half months old. I'm like, okay, well, then you got to put them down. But I heard crying out is like really bad. I'm like, it is really bad. It's, it's 100% cruel, but there are things that we can do that doesn't involve baby crying for three hours. Both things are true. You don't need to hold your baby for five hours. And you don't need to put them in a crib and let them scream for five hours either. No, no, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, I mean, I've never had, I've, see, I just don't do postpartum work for the most part. Um, I've done a couple weeks here and there with clients, but mostly I was just feeding baby and sweeping floors and cleaning kitchens. Um, but yeah. I, I can't imagine, I don't know what I would do to be completely honest. I think I'd, I think I'd say, well, you know what, for this situation, I'd say, okay, well, you know what, let's see what kind of schedules the babies have when they get home and let's see if we can, you know, because in theory, babies will have a schedule. (laughs) It's just, it might not be the schedule that you want. You want. Yeah. So, so let's, let's, when babies come home, let's have a look and see what that, you know, what baby's schedule is, if they're following along the same lines as the NICU one, which I mean, in in theory, they probably could be. Um, So let's, let's see, let's see how this all plays out. I'm always a wait and see kind of gal anyways. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I have said the same thing very recently. I had clients who whose baby was in the NICU, baby was discharged and came home. But then I think it was at seven, between seven and 10 days, baby was readmitted uh, to the hospital. No, it was, it was earlier than that. Mm, they went to breastfeeding clinic for a consult and the nurse slash LC who was at the clinic noticed something going on with the baby, sent them down to sick kids. Anyways, there in the baby was there for four weeks yeah it was a um oh my goodness I forgot the name of it but you know where the babies they they were worried about a part of the baby's intestine uh being infected or rotting away sort of oh necrotizing something rather I can't remember what it's called necrotizing endocarditis that sounds bigger than it actually is but it, it was something to do with that. Like there was a possibility if it didn't get, then the baby would need to have a colostomy. So, oh, yeah. shit. Pretty serious. Um, so they kept doing blood tests and all sorts of different tests and, and so on. So anyways, baby was in the NICU and they, I supported them by helping them figure out by first of all, being like a calming influence Mm-hmm. because they would call me and say oh my god the doctor said this and the doctor said that and she really wanted to continue breastfeeding and so we talked about different ways to continue breastfeeding and we just talked really about any kind of breastfeeding problems that might be going on and we talked about a schedule for them while she was breastfeeding and what would uh dad be doing and how they could pinch hit and how mm-hmm. they could still bond with the baby none of that interfered with her medication or treatment or anything And I also did help them. They would tell me all the things that the doctor said, and I would help them figure out good questions Mm -hmm. to ask the next time that they were 
that they were uh, having a consult with the doctor. And uh, yeah, that was basically it. And then we had a big celebration on the day she virtually, this was still all in the middle of COVID. Right. So that was the thing that they could only visit one at a time. Oh right? no. Yeah, they could only visit one at a time. And it was all the way at Saint at um, Sick Kids. Their baby was right. in Sick Kids, and they live in Scarborough, so it was a hike all the time. Yeah, for uh, for them to do that. So we talked about that managing their sleep, the mom's sleep. She had a C-section, so she had yeah. to make sure she was getting enough rest for herself. So there was a lot of juggling, and that's what that's where I came in, helping them figure out how to juggle all of that. Mm -hmm. um, how do you notice that? Like, how does that, how does that LC nurse? Baby's tummy that? was very distended. Oh, extremely distended. So that was the sign. That's what she, that's what they told me. The LC told them and she wanted them to go down to get that checked out, which was a mm -hmm. good thing. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So, um, those are the kind of things that parents will ask you when their babies are in the NICU, how to juggle all of that, not having their baby at home. I mean, I even remember one hour long conversation, more than one, actually hour long conversation with the dad, just mm -hmm. dealing with his emotional stuff and how he was felt so square, scared and inadequate and helpless and, and all of that and talking him through that. Yeah. So it was, it was good practice for caring for a newborn in a stressful time. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. And, and I mean, really that, that is really the role, isn't it? Right. Doulas are, our role tends to fall into, you know, what questions to ask. Let's talk about how you're feeling. Um, you know, let's come yeah. up with, let's come up with tips and tricks to make this yeah. whole situation easier for you. I mean, yeah. That, that's our, sure that's our job. Eat, make sure you sleep, make sure, yeah. you know, I, once I even said, oh, you're home. She, the mom called me when she gotten home from the hospital. And then I said, so what are you going to do now? She said, I, I really, I'm so tired. And I said, you should go to sleep. She goes, yeah, but I got to be at the back of the hospital at whatever o'clock. And I said, okay, so how about if I call you? an hour before that. So you get up, get dressed, and then you go. And she goes, could you that because that she wasn't going to go to sleep because she was afraid that she would sleep so long. Yeah, that she couldn't and she didn't trust her phone alarm. And I said, will you hear me if it rings like a phone call coming in? Yes, because if the hospital calls, she's right on it. And I said, Okay, I'll call you. I'll call you. So I set my alarm to wake me to remind me to call her to get up to go to the hospital right so those kind of little things i said did you you know pack a sandwich pack some juice pack some fruit pack some whatever and take it with you so yeah because you still gotta eat yes yeah and we were in touch way more than you know parents who come straight home from the hospital with their baby we were in touch far far more so there's more actual support required because the situation is so intense 
Yeah, but how great is that, that it was sort of all virtual and expected to be virtual as well, that, you know, you were able to yeah. you know, be there on the phone or be there on WhatsApp or things like that to, yeah. you know, talk them through this stuff. And there was already a situation or relationship where it was virtual. So it wasn't unusual, mm -hmm. right? That's but right. I, because you know how everything's virtual now, or, you know, was, everything was virtual. And so it, you realized how well it worked. It worked yes. really, really well. Yeah. But um, before it never occurred to us to use virtual support in this way. So like when they were at, when they were in the NICU, um, they often would call me on video call and mm. I would and they would show me the baby. I would be able to mm -hmm. see the baby. Whereas before I wouldn't see the baby at all because it would be expected that if I can't come down in person mm -hmm. to see the baby, then I wouldn't see the baby. But they, yep. we used video call so often just yep. to see each other and for me to see the baby and to help yep. with breastfeeding stuff. And yeah. I mean, I, I've gotten really good at, you know, okay, so yep, that's a swallow. Okay, yeah, just... Can you just straighten your wrist a little bit? Yep, there's another swallow. Like, okay, now do a breast compression, you know, while dad is like holding the phone over top, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's right. So, so yes, you get really good at, re at using virtual support to the fullest. 100%, yeah. So that is possible. So even if a doula is going back into the hospital, to support families during birth and going back into their homes to support during uh, postpartum, you can still use virtual. If your client's baby is in the queue, you can use virtual support to 100%. help with different things. Because we know it works. We know it can be helpful. Yeah. Yeah. It really, really does. I love it's, it. It's I funny. My, anything else but that. No, me either. <laughs> my, I was saying my, uh, my current client um, that I'm working with now for parent mentoring, um, lives in Kitchener. Yes. Which so and like that's a boon an for hour the doula. and a half away. Yes. It's a boon for the doula because we can, we can support people who are out of our usual catchment areas. Mm -hmm. And you can also support more clients at a time because exactly. you can easily schedule three, four virtual calls in a day. If, if yep. they're all like Zoom and WhatsApp or whatever, you can't necessarily go to four postpartum visits in a day. No, no. And I mean, I can answer, I can answer question, you know, quick questions and whatnot, you know, that come over while I'm at the grocery store or getting my haircut or, you know. Yeah, right. Yes. Right. Yes. Uh, over at my uncle's, you know, dealing with his, with his stuff, like, or sitting, you know, waiting for the cancer doctors to come, like just yeah. all that Your support stuff. travel. Absolutely. So it becomes portable. Yeah. Which I so, mean, yeah. Hey, I'm considering doing go, going somewhere <laughs> this year, maybe sort of maybe. And just like, or, or at any, at any point, really not necessarily this year, because it all depends on what's happening, mm -hmm. but I'm thinking to myself, well, why couldn't I do that? I actually could. If I work it all out, I could. Like I'm talking to you right now. I don't have to be in my house. Mm -mm. I could be anywhere. 
I mean, WhatsApp has shown us that we could be anywhere. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So now, yeah, we've segued into the benefits of virtual doula support. That's right. Again. Again, if you don't know by now that that's what we're into, except for Steph. Steph Steph's kind of itching to get back to. Uh, Oh, I get, I, I, I've been getting a bunch of calls and stuff like that for in-person support. I'm like, all right, let me put you in touch with Stephanie. <laughs> Cause yeah, I'm not, there doing you go. It. Yeah. There you so, go. So there you yeah. go. Yeah. I got two this week. Um, one from my class and one just rando. Um, and yeah, it's like, she's like the one from my class. She's like, well, you said you weren't doing in person. I'm like, you're right. I'm not doing in person. Like, as like you feel and reminded. Yeah. And it's good. Um, or, or they'll say, like, are you still not doing in person? And as I sit there, you know, with my phone in my hand, my hamstring will twinge and I'll go, yep, yeah, no, I'm still not doing in person. <laughs> yeah. So. yeah. So, yeah, there you go. All right. Cool. So I don't know if we, I mean, I don't know if we answered Carissa's question or, or, you know, I mean, I think you, you put up your boundaries and you do what you do. And yeah, my, my suggestion would be to let's just see what the baby schedule is. Take it from there. Yep. See what the baby wants, see what you want and take it from there. You can yeah. stick with the hospital schedule if you want to, but you don't have to. So nope. that's that. There you go. All right. All right. Well, I've got to go make dinner. I have to go get a few groceries and uh, on a Friday night. Are you nuts? It's not night. It's Friday afternoon. I, well, I don't want to go tomorrow. But that's even worse. Oh yeah, no. That's why I shop on a Tuesday. <laughs> yeah, I guess I could leave it. I mean, now's now's better than later, but yeah, I actually. Maybe I'll go get the stuff that I want at shoppers. I need some stuff from shoppers. Maybe I'll do that. Um, and then leave the food stuff because I think we'll survive. We have tea, we have milk. We're good. You're fine. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and leave the other the stuff till uh, Monday or something. Yeah. Oh, okay. doke. All right. We'll see you on the flip side, everybody. Send us yeah. your questions. You have uh, things, your questions, your comments, your thoughts. Have situations you want us to vaguely talk about? Let us know. We'll we'll get into it. <laughs> you have questions that we may or may not answer, That's even true. if we read your questions on the air. Send them to us. Send them to us, anyways. Yeah. yeah. All right. Have a good okay. one and enjoy your weekend. Bye. Great review and subscribe. Bye. Thank you.